$125,000 into close to three to four mil in net worth in a couple of years. Enjoy, and if my voice recovers, hopefully I'll be back talking to you guys next week. Ciao. Got a high paying job. I was getting paid $125,000 a year. And still, you know, making $125,000 a year, you're not pocketing much, right? Uh, you're pocketing, what, like $70,000 a year after taxes. And if you're living in a high rise condo, that's $3,000 right there, right? So what do you have left over? You have like $30,000, $40,000 for that year. If you're going out, enjoying yourself, entertainment, what do you have, you know, you're spending it half of that. It goes to the wind very quickly. That's it. Oh, well, yeah. So it was like two years of doing that, and I had nothing to prove for it. I was like, I still have $10,000, $20,000. You know, it's like nothing, pennies on the dollar. It's enough to just pay a few months of rent. So, you know, I just took that knowledge that I had in the IT industry, and I jumped into the real estate world. I got into real estate wholesaling. That was my first business, right? Um, I went to all these seminars and, you know, real estate events, and I met this one guy there. He was an older white gentleman in his 60s, 65. And he told me, he's like, hey, son, I got into real estate and I made me millions of dollars. And, you know, from there on, I was like, yo, this is this is the thing. This is for me, right? I was like, yo, this What was this event that you, this was like a networking event that you met this guy at? Yeah, it was somewhere in downtown. And I don't know how I even got invited. It was like this one app, it was called like Meetup or something. He had a, a building that he owned at Wicker Park. And he said, hey, this building, you know, it's paid off, makes me, you know, thousands of dollars per month, you know, made me a millionaire. And, uh, you know, I just knew this is for me. So you're telling me you're working in IT after grad. You go to a networking event, you meet some random white guy who says, hey, you should get into real estate. And you basically say, okay, I'm sold. Sign me exactly. up. And you get started okay. then. You know, when you're like starting your entrepreneur journey, you're like, hey, I got to find someone that's did what I want to do. Right. So I was like, hey, this guy looks like someone I want to be in my in my 60s. Right. I was like, hey, I want to be like this guy. No, drive Porsches and whatnot. I like that that you say Porsche and not Porsche. So many Americans call it Porsche and it pisses me off. Yeah, that's the incorrect way of saying it. But is this someone who eventually became like a mentor? Like, did he teach you how to do this or he just gave you the little taste of it at the beginning that made you want to go do it on your own? He gave me a little taste and then I spoke to him over the phone afterwards. And then he ghosted me. Right. Um. So I was like, hey, this guy, he's, you know, he went MIA. I don't know where this guy is. I hope he's alive, doing well. But but he gave you what you needed. Exactly. That's all I needed, right? I just needed that uh, that confirmation. You know, like, hey, this guy did this. That's it, right? So after that, I got into real estate wholesaling. And uh, for eight months, uh, I didn't make a penny. I was like, yo, I don't know if this is for me, but I still had that. I still thought of him, right? Even though we didn't talk, I was like, I kept on thinking of him. Like, hey, one day I'll get there, right? This is not going to be easy. It's not an easy road. Nothing's easy in life. So instead, you know, started making calls. Eight months in, I finally got my first deal and I made like $2,000. So how did you stay motivated for eight months not making a single penny? That's difficult. Like most you say that, you said that very quickly, but most people after arguably a month or two would completely throw in the towel and give up. Exactly. So it was like watching motivational stuff on YouTube. Like what you need to do, you need to keep educating yourself, right? So I was watching like TTT, Grant Daniels. I was watching King Kong and I was watching all these like motivational speakers and uh, just motivating myself that way. And I was watching like a lot of real estate they're, they're not called podcasts back then. They were called like real estate videos, right? 
So I was watching a lot of those and that just motivated me. And there's some days where you're like, I'm not feeling this. I actually, in the middle, I started driving, uh, I used to do like a pizza delivery job. So I was like, hey, I got to make some type of money because IT stuff is, it's hard. You know, you're in it for like eight, nine hours. It's intense, right? You get burnt out really quick. Yeah. So, at what point did you quit your IT job? Two years in. Two years into doing real estate. No, I quit my IT job before I even got into real estate. So I did the IT thing for two years, and I had nothing. I had nothing to prove for it. I had no money in my bank. I had like maybe like ten thousand or something. So you right? said, "Fuck this! I'm done. I need to find yeah. something else." Before you even had the real estate thing going. Yeah. Moved back home. I was like, "I gotta move back home because I only have enough funds for rent for a few months." Right. So I was like, "I gotta move back home." So I moved back home with my parents and uh, started this real estate journey. Right. So I had no expenses. Right. That's the reason I made those calls for eight months straight because I had no expenses. I was doing nothing else besides doing this pizza delivery job, which, uh, you know, I was ashamed of, but I had to make some type of income so I could pay for the CRM, the data and all that good stuff. All the stuff that I was learning on YouTube. Right? They say, hey, you got to buy this CRM. You got to buy this software. So I'm just like spending all the money that I have. I'm like, okay, let's, we need to make this work, right? I don't have another option. No other options here. So eight months in, I finally got my first deal, made 2000 and that's all I needed. I proved the concept. I was like, hey, this works. And then I took my IT experience and I used to be a business analyst. So, so I used to dissect businesses. I used to figure out how to save money, how to increase revenue, you know, how to put systems, processes and people in place. Those three things. So I did that to my real estate company. And now that you can see behind me, I can show you. I have uh, 13 cold callers right now. You know, everyone's bringing in leads. This is every- how many years in? How old were you when you started, when you signed that first deal versus how old are you now just to give people context well, i've been doing this for about five years now right so it wasn't just i woke up one day and turned into a million right yeah you, like, we went five. eight months without making a single penny and you kept going regardless exactly so eight months in i proved the concept and then what i did was build out a team started getting cold callers overseas because i know cold calling is just a four dollar an hour position right i'm worth more than four dollars so i'm not going to make that call so i basically delegated that test i got a cold call are the right? cold callers based in the U.S. or are you offshoring to countries where labor is cheaper? Offshore. Everything is overseas. What are the best countries to do that? Uh, Egypt. I started in the Philippines, right? And then I went to Egypt. You can't even tell the difference. They have no accent. I'm curious, how much capital did you need to start? Like that first deal that you signed, how much capital did you need to start and how did you make it? Because I think... A lot of people have this false conception that real estate is a business that is result reserved for the people who are already wealthy, right? Like that 60-something-year-old white guy you were talking about. People have this conception that you need $5 million in cash to get started buying property. So they shut it down. They write it off as something that's out of reach. I'd love if you could break down that myth. Like how much capital did you have or did you need when you first got started in this business? Gotcha. So there's multiple ways in real estate, right? There's different avenues. There's, you know, you could buy and hold. Right, which costs twenty, thirty thousand, which I didn't have the capital for. Uh, you can do fix and flip, which costs a good amount of money. Um, buying rentals, doing all this stuff costs a lot of money. So what I did, I did real estate wholesale. Right, so it's like a niche in the system. It's like a glitch, and the glitch is and it cost me only three hundred dollars to get started. So what I did was buy motivated sellers, motivated leads, people that wanted to sell their properties. We could go to like PropStream, Batch Leads. So I bought a list for like three hundred dollars. I just started calling. For my cell phone, right? So all you need is a phone and data. That's so you're it. just buying the contact of the lead. And just calling them and saying, hey, 
my name is Abe. I'm a real estate investor in the lo- you know in the locality. Where you inter- are you interested in selling your property? And if they're like, yeah, I am, then you run your comps and you're basically getting a property off market. And you find an investor, which I found from like Facebook groups and going to these events, people that want to buy in a certain area, right? Whatever their criteria is, and then just sell it to them for like a ten, twenty thousand dollar profit. My first deal, I made two thousand. So then I proved the concept, and after that, like my second year, I made a little under. A hundred thousand. My third year, I cleared like four hundred thousand, and like my fourth year, it was you know we we did some good numbers, and then this year I'm headed to like a million plus. I already hit like six hundred plus thousand six months in. So and we're in we're recording this in June. Yeah. So it's like once you tested that it that the concept worked, then you could just scale bigger, but pretty much apply the exact same deal structure. Exactly. And keep going. What it comes down to is quality and quantity. Right. So, what do I mean by that? Quality of leads, quality of data, and quantity of calls. Right. The more people you talk to, the more warm leads you get. So, I knew that in my head, I was like, "Hey, I can only talk to two hundred, three hundred people a day. Right. Two, three hundred dials a day. So, I was like, I need to multiply this. Right. I need to delegate. How do I make ten thousand calls a day? How do I make two hundred thousand calls a month? The more people I talk to, the more deals I get. So, building these systems out, I was like, okay, for me, if I can make because these are my KPIs, right? I was like, okay, every sixteen thousand dials, I'm getting a lead. I'm getting a contract. If I can make five thousand calls a month, if I just you know get three of me, I can get a contract every month, right? Yeah, so it's simple math. Simple math, right? You gotta know your numbers in business. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So there's a lot of people that start a business and they don't they don't know your, their numbers. You, know, you just get into business thinking that it's all sweet and you're gonna be a millionaire overnight. It could be anything. It could be a restaurant business. It could be someone that's selling cupcakes. You know, you got to know your numbers. Yeah, you, so, could, you could be selling, say you're making a product, you could be selling 10,000 units, but if your cost of goods sold is higher than what you're selling it for, you don't know your margins, you're going to be losing money. Exactly. So that's what it came down to, right? So after uh, breaking it down, I just hired more people, right? And I was like, I need more people to talk to. So I hired uh, multiple cold callers. I hired an acquisition. I have two lead managers. So that's what I'm doing. I just, I'm just doubling up right now, right? This is my first year, which I'm going all in, right? And I'm trying to actually make a million dollars of just this business itself. So now we're doing consistent six figures every month. And I have eight different companies, right? So with that revenue, I started a ride share company. I started an Airbnb arbitrage company. I started doing fix and flips. I started, you know, I have 15 plus rentals. And for thing about me, I can't have any interest, right? We can't take any loans. We can't take any interest. So that's in my religion. So everything that I have, it's all paid off. Um, my cars, I have 70 plus cars all paid off. I have 15 plus rentals all paid off. So it's, it's a little bit more harder for me. You said so, that's, that's related to your religion. Can you tell me more about that? Um, it's because you can't take interest or you can't take, you can't take any loan. Cause the thing is, suppose if you pass away, right? Having, you know, $100,000 worth of debt, your parents have to take care of that, right? Or your siblings or your kids. And what they say is you can't sleep at night knowing that you owe X amount of money to the banks or somebody. So when I sleep, when I go to sleep, I go to sleep real nice, you know, because knowing that I don't, I don't owe anyone anything. That's the right? principle of like fending for yourself, taking care of right. yourself. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons. So my dad always told me, he's like, hey, like, don't take it. You know, if you can't afford it, don't, don't buy it. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. This is one of my theories and maybe I'm biased, but I still think like, the most motivated people who I know in my life slash who I've met, these people who like you, like are like a bull that sees red and just going towards what they want all come from immigrant parents. 
it's like such a clear trend. Kids who were raised by immigrant parents and watched their parents make a life for themselves in a country from absolutely nothing have a different kind of motivation. And usually part of the motivation is like they want to be able to give back and provide for their parents. Those are the kids who like work hard, take risks. And it's, it just seems to be such a clear trend. I'd love to know if you think like that played a role in what your work ethic turned out to be when you were raised. Yeah, no, exactly. I think you're 100% right. It just gives you a different type of drive. Like it turned me into a different type of animal knowing that, you know, my parents are immigrants that came here and I'm the first generation, right? So I'm born and raised here in Chicago and I just want to give back, right? My parents gave me whatever they could, you know, the best of whatever they gave me, right? But I was like, you know, I want to give them more than what they gave me, right? I want to give them a better life and I want to give my kids a better life. So yeah, it just turns you into a different animal, 100%. What do you think right now, as as you're working towards this, whatever, clearing a mill this year, what's the biggest challenge or like frustration that you're dealing with across your businesses? Like it could be in any of them. Um, so I'm trying to clear a mill in this wholesale business, right? Uh, but overall, I've made about like, I have about three to four mil worth of assets right now and cars and all that good stuff. Have you read a book called The um, the E-Myth Revisited? No, I haven't. You would really like this book. Basically, the entire thesis is a lot about what you say about like this idea of delegation and automation. The It's a book that's actually pretty old, just about entrepreneurship. And the entire principle is that you should work on your business, not in it. That once you achieve a certain scale, you can no longer afford to be the person doing the dirty work. You have to be the person overseeing the system and delegating everything. So it's like the main example in the book is if you're a baker and you have a cupcake business, then maybe you started the cupcake business because you're fucking amazing at baking cupcakes. But once you achieve a certain scale, you can't afford to spend your time in the kitchen making cupcakes anymore. You have to be the entrepreneur who's hiring people and managing the storefront and etc. No, that's a good book. I need to read that. Yeah, that's what I believe in. Just oversee your business. You don't want to work. Because thing is, every like I was mentioning earlier, everything has a price tag, right? Cold caller, acquisition, disco manager, $20 an hour. Everything has a price tag. But the, price, the seat that I'm in is irreplaceable. I'm a CEO, right? I oversee the business. And to pr- replace that seat, I might have to pay someone a few hundred thousand or a few million dollars, right? It's like not everyone could take that role because you need like experience and knowledge to even be in that seat. That's the seat that you want to play. You want to oversee the business and you want to delegate everything. First, you need to understand the concept of it. You're like, okay, this is what a cold caller does. This is what a lead manager does. This is what a follow-up manager. This is what a acquisition, disposition, this, that. This is what all these roles are. Once you have a good understanding, then you just put a price tag on it. Like, okay, how much can I replace myself for in this role? 20 bucks an hour? I was getting it So it's like you want to replace yourself uh, once you have an understanding of it. That's what I recommend. But it's like the role as CEO, the role you are doing now, I actually think would be very difficult to replace because you built it up from zero. You are the only person who knows everything about yeah. the businesses you're running. So a lot of entrepreneurs, what they do is when they leave their nine to five, they come start a business. They're a slave to their business. Like I'll give you an example, like the baker. Yeah, he might be phenomenal at making cupcakes, and but he gets stuck in that job, right? So if he ever wants to go on a vacation... When he's on vacation, the business stops. So when he stops working, the business stops, you know, operating. The mindset that I have, and this is learning from mentors and stuff, they told me, you never want to be a slave in your business. That's where everything came from, like the automation, the delegation, you know, just don't be a slave in your own company. Who's the best mentor that you have? 
Uh, Carlos Reyes paid him like 20K to mentor me. But I spent over $100,000 in mentorship already. Tino for sales training, 4000 Eric Klein, which is like the real estate sales code, 5000 I'm always investing. I just invested like thirteen fifty just to talk to someone earlier about marketing. But if that pays to your point exactly, if that pays off, that can flip the switch in your business. Whereas I think most people would shy away from, they'd be like, oh, I'd never spend money on mentorship, whatever resources are free. But you know how many guys will spend that exact same amount on bottle service for one night that lasts six hours and they get no girls by the end of it, but they'll happily blow money on stupid shit like that, but they wouldn't pay for education or mentorship. I love mentorship because it gives me like that edge, right? Rather than starting from scratch, I just, because thing is, yeah, I paid him 20K, but the value he gave me, I just saved $100,000 worth of mistakes. People don't see the value in it, but every time I paid for mentorship, it gave me that edge in whatever I did, in Airbnb arbitrage and fix and flip, right? I didn't know anything about fix and flipping, right? So I paid someone, I paid a general contractor. I told him, hey, can we do a flip together? I'll find the property. I'll do everything. Just show me how this works. And now me and him, we're best friends. We're doing six fix and flips right now. So we're good friends now. So it's like, you need to pay to play in this business. Like, I have only, I only have eight working hours, right? So first eight hours you're working, right? you, I mean, you have eight working hours. You have eight hours that is just leisure time, right? Enjoyment, entertainment, and the other eight hours are sleep. So I only have eight working hours. So in those eight working hours, I have like one hour for this company, one hour for this company, just you overseeing only, each company. You're telling me you only work eight hours a day and you've gotten to this skill. Yeah. Working eight hours a day. That's going to hurt a lot of people to listen to that because a lot of people are out here in investment banking working 18 hours a day in office, hating their life, and they're making 200K a year. Business, like once you scale your business correctly, right, and you automate it the way I have it automated with system processes and people, you know, it pays fairly well, right? But thing is, before you see all this good stuff happening, right, I, I was making you know, 2K my first year, second year made, you know, less than 100 Third year, I started popping off. But it takes years, right? It's like a snowball. It takes time to build up, whereas most people would rather take a slightly larger salary, like a 100, 200K job right out of school and know they have the certainty of that and they don't have to wait for the ramp up. But then you're stuck. Your pay increases from then upwards are marginal. It's not the same kind of upside as the kind of thing that you're doing. Sky's the limit with this. How old are you now? 27. 27. You're young. You're still young. For you, for someone who can make so much focusing your time on these businesses, what do you, what's your motivation to create content? So it's good that you say that I'm here to help other people, right? God's blessed me with all this stuff. And I know there's people struggling out here and I just want to you know, help them change their lives so they can do better for themselves and for their family. Right. Cause I know the struggle. Like I've seen, my dad go through it and I've, you know, I've been, grew up in a, in a household where, you know, had a lot of poverty and, you know, I didn't have the best life. Right. And I don't, I want, I just want to help people out. And I feel like that's, uh, that's my calling now. And God's bringing me to these platforms. Like I'm getting invites to speak on stages now and uh, people are just reaching out to me and saying, Hey, can you help me? And that's what I'm doing. Right. Just helping out people and, uh, just doing this because, you know, God's letting me, right. So God gave me, I told God, you know, cause we pray five times a day. So I told the guy, hey, if you give me a platform that I can help others, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help other people. And I give free advice all day long. If you listen to my podcast, I'm giving the sauce. Like, I, I'm an open book. You ask me anything? Open yeah, you're book. no bullshit. Like, hey, what do you, what, what you want to learn? You want to learn this? You want to learn this? Where do I get my cars from? What's my pose? What's my strategy? Everything's an open book. 
It's like, like the karma you know. of give freely without an expectation of return. And usually karma does its work and things end up coming back to you. If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod, that makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.